You're listening to Tales from Campalua Study. Original horror stories to chill your bones. Joey, you start. These are really big square marshmallows. I just want everybody at home to know that. There are many marshmallows. They are not! (laughs) (laughs) Tell me blinding. Oh. (laughs) Tell me blinding. You can even get it in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, you lose. Come on, Brody. You have to say it. Brady, come on. We're going to show. That's what I was going to say, but it sounded gross. <laughs> <laughs> don't sleep with Don't sleep with any of the kids. That's a rule okay. here. I can't believe it's Oh, gosh. Or we'll have you kicked out of the camp. <laughs> Shall we start? Or... You ready? She's the host. Ask her. Excuse me, host. No. Hostess. 
we're not reading this time. Oh, what, <laughs> what are we gonna do? It's a twist. Um, the question. We already played. So we're gonna make it in braille. Hmm. <laughs> the podcast in Braille. All right, <laughs> and you can start. <coughs> okay, everybody shuffle in close. Shuffle? Is that something people say? Everybody uh, shuffle in close. No, no that's just saying. Sean says. <coughs> okay. like, to the right, to the right. <coughs> We're shuffling. Left, We're keeping shuffling close. Now kick. Okay. Welcome. So I'm going to tell you guys a story about how the camp was started with. My great grandfather. So. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what is your problem? <laughs> he doesn't like it, I don't think. He hates the story. Already just off of that. Maybe it's because you stuttered on the person. It's hey, like how I'm talking about your grandfather later. <laughs> Why are you gonna take off the box? Early April 1937 was a great time in my great-grandfather Hank Fair's life. He lived in a small town in the Cherokee National Forest. While the unemployment rate was rising significantly for the country that year, he was one of the lucky ones whose job was still holding strong. He worked for the Civilian Conservation Corporation planting trees. He was very great with money. He had a rather small family. It was only him, his wife, and their one son. He was most definitely a family man. All the money he earned went towards a better life for his wife and son. It was no surprise that when his son Arnold decided to join the Boy Scouts, Hank wanted to help out there too. There were many camps opened up around the U.S. for Boy Scouts to attend, but the closest one of them was about a five-hour drive. Hank didn't want to send Arnold so far away for the two-week-long camp, so he decided instead to invest in one himself. He started by looking for some land nearby. He didn't have to venture too far to find the deal of a lifetime. He found one of the most beautiful pieces of land in the Cherokee National Forest. It consisted of 20 acres of land with lush trees and flowers that were thriving off the still green lake. There was even a small trickling creek on the land that would be perfect for a hike for the Boy Scouts. Hank's vision was set into place as soon as he set foot on this land. He didn't want to get rid of too much of the nature for the camp, so he found the perfect area right next to the lake where he only had to clear out about 30 trees to make room. So the construction began May 12, 1937, for what he had hoped to be one of the best Boy Scout camps in the country. The original plans were smaller than the camp is now, but it was still one of the biggest in Tennessee at the time. They started with two cabins for sleeping and one for a cafeteria and crafts when it was raining. The two cabins for sleeping consisted of two long rooms with 12 beds in a row along the sides of the walls. In between the two long halls of beds is a large area connecting the rooms to the entryways. Both sleeping cabins were laid out exactly the same. The next building was almost as big as both cabins put together. It consisted of 10 long tables with 12 seats on each. They laid some concrete for a basketball court right outside the cafeteria. Hank wanted to have some type of water activity, so he decided to put a rope swing that hung from a tree with long stretched out limbs across the lake. It was just a short swim from the camp. They had everything set in place and ready to be opened by early July and had their first campers arrive on July 26th. Of course, Arnold was the first camper to arrive. He made friends quickly. The very first day of camp, they set their clothes down next to their beds and jumped into the lake. They noticed the rope swing right away and put it to good use. After a long swim, it was dinner time. All the boys changed quickly and headed to the cafeteria. The counselors were required to do a head count at every meal. The first day was a success. As the boys finished their food, they all started back toward the cabins. The counselors made sure all the boys were in bed 
Then they headed back to the cafeteria for a little free time before they came back for bed themselves. Arnold was a child full of adventure. He was an athletic child and one could tell by looking at him. He was tall with wide shoulders and he was pretty buff for a tenure. He was popular with the ladies in school too. He was a handsome young man with bright eyes and light colored hair. Arnold wasn't able to sleep well because of the excitement from the day and days to come. He wasn't the only one lying restless while the cricket's chirps were becoming seemingly louder. Then a boy, Tom, whose bed was right beside Arnold, spoke up and asked who was still awake. Tom was a short, skinny kid with jet black hair and big round glasses. Probably one of the smartest kids at camp, too. He was the most experienced Boy Scout there. Arnold whispered back to him, asking what he wants, while at the same time, another voice chimed in with a soft yes. Tom replies with a hushed voice, Want to go exploring? Arnold, knowing he couldn't get in too much trouble on account of his father owning the place, agreed immediately. The other voice, from a boy named Kenneth, who was kind of the loner of the camp, happily agreed to go as well. He couldn't pass up the opportunity to make new friends, especially since his mom told him that that was the main reason that he was put in the Boy Scouts. The three boys snuck out of their beds, grabbed a backpack with a flashlight, rope, and a few canteens of water, and headed straight to the woods. Kenneth, who asked to be called Kenny, was a chubby boy with brown hair and brown eyes. He was shy, and it seemed like these boys were bringing him out of his shell. Kenny suggested they take another round on the rope swing. They all agreed, but to do it fast before the counselors left the cafeteria. They all decided to take one turn each and head for the woods. Kenny went first because it was his idea, of course. Then Tom followed by Arnold. Kenny decided to go one more time, but the other two told him they weren't going to wait for him because they wanted to get out of there quickly. Kenny took one last swing. Splash. Just then, they all heard the voice of Mr. Fair who had decided to do a walk through the campsite just to check everything. Hey, he yelled, get out of the water, young man. You're supposed to be sleeping. Kenny saw Tom and Arnold take off into the woods. Kenny swam back over to the campsite to meet his punishment alone. He didn't feel the need to tell on his new friends, so he just headed back to bed like Hank had asked him to. Tom and Arnold continued to run through the woods without a care, laughing and goofing off when they heard something moving in the dense forest. Although all they were able to see was darkness, they could tell it was heading straight for them, and it was picking up speed. The boys stopped and looked at each other with fear in their eyes, trying to decide quickly what to do. They were surrounded by trees and decided the best option was to climb. No matter what was moving out there, they had no intention of meeting it head on. They both hustled up the same tree. They sat on a high branch and waited to see what was coming their way. As it got closer, they discovered it was a person. They could tell with the light from a flashlight waving back and forth. As the person, still draped in shadow, got directly beneath the tree they were in, he stopped. When he turned to face them, they could tell that it was Kenny. They turned their flashlights back on and shined it his way. He stopped right in his track, turned to see the two boys in the tree. They yelled to Kenny and asked him how he got away from Mr. Fair and got back out here. He simply replied, I have my ways. They giggled and waved Kenny to join them in the tree. He climbed up to the other boys, and they decided to have a race to the top. As they scurried to the top, Kenny lost his footing in a branch snapped, and he fell down ten feet to the ground. He landed on his back with a loud crunch. Tom and Arnold hurried down as fast as they could and tried to speak to him, but he wasn't responding. Tom stayed with Kenny while Arnold ran to get his father for help. After hearing the news, Hank, two other counselors, and a medic ran to the woods hoping that Kenny was going to be okay. Arnold said that he remembered exactly where they were. Arnold ran straight to them, or so he thought. 
Hank screamed at Arnold, trying to make him remember where they were. They were right here, he cried. They searched the woods all night looking for Tom and Kenny, but they were nowhere to be found. The police were called and a search party was brought in that morning. Still, their efforts were futile. Kenny's mom was devastated, of course, but it was worse for Tom's parents. To not know what happened to their son or why he disappeared must have been unbearable. My grandpa said he doesn't think they ever recovered. Hank was in shock that such a horrible incident could have come out of his ideal good deed for the boys. He blamed himself, and when Tom's parents threatened to have the camp shut down, Hank complied and closed the camp the very next day. My great-grandfather eventually ended up selling the land to a man named Mr. Reedy, who is coincidentally Wes's grandfather. Mr. Reedy reopened the camp in 1965, and his family has owned Camp Olay with Doty ever since. The counselors now know to keep a close eye on the children because they couldn't have another event like the one in 1937. Is that what we're supposed to do? Uh, I don't know. Huh. <laughs> Anyways. That's what my grandpa told me. <laughs> <laughs> Does he know? <laughs> He's old. Right. <laughs> <coughs> now, of course, this isn't the end of the story. In 1989, a young boy who went by the name Rex, on account of his mean personality and his oversized head, made a trip into the woods himself one night because the other boys at the camp were teasing him about not being afraid of anything. Everyone at camp had heard the stories of Tom and Kenny, although they had become exaggerated a bit. Over time, the story had changed to say that Kenny was insane and wanted a friend so bad that he planned on pretending to be hurt and taking Tom into the woods where they could be friends forever. And now, if you go into the woods alone, he will take you too. Another story says that it wasn't the boys' fault at all. It is said that there used to be a tribe of Indians who would hide out in these woods and hope for some human sacrifices to fall away from the camp. Either way, the forest continued to be a scary place for the Boy Scouts, especially at night. But Rex told everyone else that they were just scaredy cats. He headed into the woods, not even hesitating long enough for a last look at the camp. The other scouts waited outside the woods for Rex's return. They waited for about 15 minutes, and then they heard his screams. They were so loud that they echoed throughout the camp. Mr. Reedy came down to the group of boys who were all staring into the woods and just stopped. He slowly turned to the woods and began staring along with the rest of them. No one said a word for what seemed like an eternity. Mr. Reedy finally swallowed his fear and turned to the boys and told them to get ready for bed. They all quickly and slowly turned towards the cabins and did as they were told. Mr. Reedy quickly sent the counselors out to look for the boy, but to no surprise, he was nowhere to be found. Now, as for the part about Rex, no one is quite sure any, anymore if it's a fact or fiction, a true story or an urban legend. Wes and I have tried to do our research, but we haven't found any record of any other boys besides Kenny and Tom going missing out there. However, we asked Wes's grandfather... Mr. Reedy about it. He just smiles a little and says to be careful while we're out there and not to wander away from the camp. To this day, it's said that if you listen really closely, you can hear running in the woods at night and sometimes the laughter of the boys. At 11.34 every night, you can see the rope swinging even when the wind isn't blowing. Maybe the spirits of the young boys will linger there forever. You just have to make sure to stay out of the woods at night. Tristan. Yes, Wes. Yeah. <laughs> so, we hang out at this camp at night. Next to the woods. Next to the woods. Not in the woods. With the fire. 
We're safe as long as we're not in the woods. Exactly. Yeah, you want to go out there? No. I dare you. I'm not going. Out. I double dog dare you. you I'll give you a dollar. She double dog dare you. Did you not hear that? I triple dog dare you. I'm giving oh. you three s'mores. I quadruple. She can get her own s'mores. I'll give you my half of the s'mores. Ooh. Why does he get half? Of why do you There's six of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, my half of the six. You're six. My six. You can get an extra. You can why do you guys want me I, to I, die? I, oh, okay. good point. Hmm. We don't. That's not very nice. Nobody says Tom and Kenny are actually there. true, though. Then why legends. do you want me to go into the woods? Tom and Kenny really did go missing in there, though. Tom and Kenny, but that was 1937. It's. I, I'm, I just want to say, though, I'm pretty sure we use the same rope swing. That they would a rope, rope swing really last <laughs> well, that long? You think? Has anybody ever seen the rope swing I don't know. move it's by itself without the wind? I've what never been out it? here that late. Yeah, cool. we should. Let's all watch the rope swing right now, then. Well, it's well it's later. Eleven thirty-four. Oh, what time is it? Nine forty-three. Oh, well then let's wait. <laughs> okay. Good idea. But we should like stop the podcast first. Yeah, and we'll let you know right. how it turned out next week. It's not like you can see it anyway. <laughs> Here, I'll get your outro for you to read, Sean, since you're the host of this episode. Yeah. Oh, it's right there. In front of yes, you. What are you Where it says to story for saying, <laughs> say, Miller, say, Chandra. What's the special kid of yeah. the group? He's just here because his grandfather owns the camp. Yeah, he thinks he's special oh, because his grandfather owns the camp. I'm rich. <laughs> you guys, the camp uh, doesn't make that much money. We all know this. Have you seen the camp? Have you seen this camp? You're not fooling anybody. <laughs> <laughs> get off my camp. <laughs> Ready. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Summer Camp was written by Chandra Hawkins and read by Courtney. Join us next Friday at dusk for another campfire tale to keep you up at night. Send your scary story to Camp Willis. Uh huh. I can't. I what's, can't. What's the uh, email address? Camp. Oh no. Alay with Stody yeah. at gmail dot com. Uh, sorry. sorry. Wait. Say it again. <laughs> Send us your scary story to Camp Oelis at no, GML. That didn't work. I don't care. <laughs> you could do it. You could do it. You can do this. Alay Lestody. It took me six tries. Send us your scary story to Camp Oelay Lestody. Why are you saying Away. 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 Send us your scary story to CampLAWithStody at gmail.com and we'll feature it in a future episode. Also, be sure to follow us on SoundCloud and like us on Facebook. Thanks for listening to Tales from Camp Alay with Stody. Yay! Yeah! Bye! Bye! Bye. Bye. Bye.